Oh my gosh, thank you so much for sending me my very own theme song. That was amazing. Um, like super entertaining and I loved it. Thank you so much. And thank you for favoriting my station. That was Celestria. I had left her a theme song for her podcast. And so that was that's Celestria. Um Thank you, Celestria, for your thank you. And thank you for putting out the content, just putting it out. Your perspective is very particular to you, and nobody else can share that perspective. So it's very important for us to get that stuff out there and document for future generations, not to mention any of our <clears throat> ancestors or descendants. Now, I just recently read about a word called ethereos. E wait, ethereos? Entheos, E-N-T-H-E-O-S. Here's a little riff that kind of came to me concerning that. Binds us together, and Theos, it's what inspires us. And Theos, it's what binds us together. And Theos, it's what inspires us. Hi, this is Jay Ossing from Twin Peaks The Return. You're listening to Inspirado Projecto. I was reading about this thing called the Demi-Urge. And this is what came to me right now. Demi-urge, the demi-urge 
produces ideas we use. Demiurge, the demiurge, predicts what we're going to do. As the brain opens, they pour it in. While we sleep, the information speeds through the xylem and flow. Beaming data to their starships and home. What you gonna do? Put in your order. See what happens next. And how the demiurge fulfills the wishes. Taking you with me as we go on a journey. Excuse me. To get items from the grocery store. It's around that time again. I have to admit. It's around that time again to do laundry. So that is something I will have to do. Is this amazing? I took another ozonated bath today. That felt great. I put on Ryan McGonigal put me onto the uh, onto his iTunes family plan which I'm forever grateful for because I can listen to any album. It's out there by anyone. The other day, I was listening to Abbey Road by the Beatles. Uh, just a bunch of different stuff. And I've been able to come across some really good really good stuff like that magic music album um, when I go into the ozonated water baths what I do is I usually I, I use, sometimes what I'll do is I'll get the Himalayan salt lamp and I'll put one of those in there and I'll turn out the regular lights and then I'll just put one of those Himalayan salt uh, lamps in there and then I will listen to 
four, I'll search for the 432HZ sounds on iTunes. And a lot of times there are songs. And what I'm looking for is albums, entire albums, where it's good for meditation, stuff like that. Sometimes there are induction things, which I'm not looking for. I'm just looking for the pure, sort of binaural. And so the idea, what I imagine in my brain, is that as I'm listening to this, it's going into the water, the already ozonated water. So while I'm in there, I'm feeling this awesome, awesome vibe. I imagine in my brain the 432HZ blending with the water and uh, sometimes what I do is I try to I'll hold my ears my head will be underwater but only like if I was wearing a hoodie like that kind of area surface area if you've ever seen that great picture of Andy Kaufman wearing the hoodie that's what I'm referring to it's kind of like as if you were wearing a mask your head's underwater and ears and yet still there's that 432HZ that is being heard through the heard through the water I'm astounded to see how many folks are listening to this now Every once in a while, at least once a day, I'll check my anchor.fm stats. And it's so interesting to see how many folks are out there who reverberate at this similar harmonic frequency. certain folks are feeling a resonance, a harmony, feeling a reflection of the information. It's so, so interesting. Spotify, ever since the uh, Inspirato Projecto podcast went on to Spotify, that's been growing more and more. Earlier today, I think it said there were 26 listeners, and now there are 38. It's just insane to me the way that information can get out there now in this day and age and be heard by anybody out there in the world. I just hearken back to the days of when there were cassette tapes around, and that's how you'd hear about new bands. You'd hear about new bands through friends of yours who would make mixtapes for you. And then you'd make mixtapes for them, and then that's how you found out about these different bands. And, you know, you might go, oh my gosh, well, tell me more about that band. Oh, tell me more about that band. It's, it's interesting how those mixtapes, I remember the, those Jerky Boys albums there'd be those jerky boy albums 
sometimes someone would make you a mixtape and they wouldn't write down the names of any of the bands or anything. But there'd be some really cool song and you'd go, man, I'd love to figure out who the heck that band is. I'd like to hear more from that band. First albums given to me were by my mom. I had my first Monkees album. Or at least I thought it was mine. So great to listen to the record and watch the TV show. And at first I associated with Davey because he was the shortest in the band. And I've always been the shortest in my various bands. And then I started liking Mickey because I wanted to play drums. My parents wouldn't let me play drums because it was just going to be too loud. I think that's when I, when I first started learning guitar. Um, I think that's why my guitar style has that, that percussive aspect to it. I'm kind of imagining playing, playing drums on the guitar, so to speak. Um, all right, I'm going to go in here. Usually I leave this on. If anything extraordinary happens, I'm going to hop back on here. I'm going to bring you into this. Sometimes I forget where I need to be going and at what times because I'm preoccupied making the podcast. And uh, I'm just so deep into this flow of just creating creating that I'm not really looking around all that well. So uh, we'll be back. Wow, so it's so crazy. I just sat down for a moment to, uh, before I get back to wedding video uh, editing, I just sat down, I figured maybe I would read from the Dangerous Book for Boys. And I look on here, and I was going to read the authors. I was ready to read the authors. I wanted to read them in my mind before I read them out loud. And there's Gan Igulden, G-O-N-N, Igulden, I-G-G-U-L-D-E-N, and Hell. Igulden. I love that it's brothers. Hal Igulden. The book is hardcover. About 14 inches. I don't know. Is that about 14 inches? Uh, red. Cool binding. I really like the binding on this thing. And there's gold. There's like gold where it says dangerous boys. So Hal. Hal is what is giving me pause here. Earlier, I was watching that David Icke video, and that's where I got that idea of the the demiurge, the demiurge, which is interesting because that falls in line with oversouls. Maybe that's just what Bashar calls them, oversouls. So the demiurge, and that's what inspired me to make that song. Just wrote out real quick bits and pieces that were beaming to my antenna. So I wrote that out, and in one of those David Icke things, there were in in that thing where I heard about the Demiurge, he was talking about hell, H-A-L. There's something about hell. I don't know if it was a... I don't know exactly what it was. But then it started making me think of Hell 9000. St- Stanley Kubrick's Hell 9000. Did Stanley Kubrick know something? And he... He was putting that into the movie, trying to give us signals, as many people thought. The layers, the coding. Room 237? 
that might be a check out that documentary sometime. Room 237. Wow. Wow. If you want your head exploded, check that out. Also, another extraordinary documentary. Oh, there's... The, the, it's called Conspiracy. It's shot like a documentary. It's part fiction and part, might be real, maybe. And the Institute is phenomenal. Wow, that's a good one. Those are good ones. So, Hell, Hell 9000. Hell 9000. It's interesting because when I saw that word Hal earlier today, it made me think of this character that I had created called Hal Blue Hand. He was a four-fingered hand, and he walked, you know, he looked like a little elephant, minus the trunk. I mean, if he had a, the thumb, that kind of would have been his trunk. But he doesn't, he doesn't have a trunk. He's just four very, they're all even-length fingers. And the ends are kind of squarish. I guess kind of like an elephant's foot on the bottom, huh? Like a like a like a like a tree leg. Huh. Ooh, now I'm imagining tree elephants, tree elephants walking. Hmm. Interesting. So Hell Blue Hand. He would transform and I think I started drawing him when I worked at Barnes & Noble back in Bloomingdale. Anyway, dangerous book for boys. Let's see, there are... Oh, wow. The inside looks great, too. It's like It looks like it's marble. Like an orange, like... It almost looks like clouds, too. Wow. 270. 270 pages. All right, let's go to... <coughs> let's go to 88. <clears throat> Wow, I, I moved it right to 85. Should we just go ahead with 85? Water surface insects. The pond skater. Jerus lacustris. uses the surface tension of water to scull itself along without getting wet. Wow, this is a revelation, because I've always wanted to know the name of these guys. We just call them water bugs. These little guys, they're in the creek all the time, growing up in Carroll Stream near that creek. We used to see them all the time. It baffled us. We never could figure out I don't know if I'm making this up, but maybe it might have been. F I think snapping turtles ate those. I'm not certain. I'm not certain. Oh, another one. This one looks a little different. This looks more like a fly. The water boatman. Oh, wait. Hold on. Let's go back to the pond skater. Jerus lacustris uses the surface tension of water to scull itself along without getting wet. Its already tiny weight is spread on long legs, as can be seen in the image here. The front legs row it along at an astonishing speed for its size. <clears throat> well, we can make boats like that, couldn't we? 
water boatman. Natonicta glauca rose along on its back, again at a fair clip for such a tiny insect. Unlike the pod skater, it is carnivorous. Neither of these poses any danger to us. They are simply strange and fascinating members of the insect world. And I'll just read this. The moths, Lepidoptera. Moths are a common sight whenever a window is left open at night. Their variety is immense. In fact, of around 130,000 species of Lepidoptera, Lepidoptera in the world, moths account for 110,000 of them. Famously, their senses are confused by bright light and they can spend many unhappy hours bumping against bulbs. In previous generations, the light would have come from a flame and the moth would be drawn to it and then burned. The metaphor is obvious when considering anything else lured to its own destruction. Like butterflies, they spend time as caterpillars emerging as adults from a chrysalis. Some are brightly colored and fly by day. Only the lack of clubbed antennae can show that you are looking at a moth rather than a butterfly. Finally, one of the most youthful moths in the world is Bombyx marie. The moth is practically unknown, but its caterpillar larvae are silkworms and still produce all the world's natural silk unwound from their cocoons. They have been bred in China for 5,000 years. Wow, so that's interesting. So silk, silk actually is created by the silkworms, so it's no joke. That's real silk right there. I frequently thought about, and I might have even said it on this podcast, the idea of getting the spider webs from spiders putting those together and making nets that are really strong, or heck, even putting together, uh, I don't know, bulletproof vests or just really good, strong material made with, made with the spider webs. That is, that is, uh, an idea right there. Let me read to you just a smidge here of the Demiurge. So now it kind of gives you more of a context when you go back, should you decide to go back and listen to the song, the Demiurge song, now you'll see, you know, kind of what they're talking about here. This is off of Wikipedia. Do you want me to read Wikipedia, or would you like me to read someone who really puts their research in there? That's fine. Overlord Wiki. Interesting. I just talked about overlords. Demiurge. Hmm. Demiurge. Ooh. Hmm. Demiurge. We'll just read the Wikipedia. Some of these are just really... I'm thinking this is going to be a good summary of it. In the Platonic Neo... Neopythagorean Middle Platonic and Neoplatonic schools of philosophy, the Demiurge is an artisan-like figure responsible for fashioning and maintaining the physical universe. The Gnostics... 
That's a term that uh, the Wizard of L.A. uses a lot, the Gnostics. The Gnostics adopted the term, term Demiurge. Although a fashioner, the Demiurge is not necessarily the same as the creator figure in a monotheistic sense because the Demiurge itself and the material from which the Demiurge fashions the universe are both considered to be consequences of something else. Depending on the system, they may be considered to be either uncreated and eternal or the product of some other entity. Now, I need to stop there for a second. We need to talk to John Garside on Anchor sometime. John Garside from The Forgotten Tales, and he'll tell you about a friend of his who told him some astonishing things that I would love for to present you guys with this information. It's, 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 it's astonishing. Uh, one of them is that uh, so these scientists are creating universes on on a a what did he say what was the word he said in a petri dish on a what did he say what was the word on a hmm some official scientific word so it was in a petri dish, basically. These guys had to figure out how to create worlds. And on a membrane. They figured out how to create universes on a membrane. And I'm not going to go so deep into that. However, if we think about it, those scientists are demiurges. So, who's to say, you know, if we go, we go along with the idea of parallel universes and such. Um... Let's say you got a bunch of demiurges out there creating a bunch of worlds, the parallel worlds. Just different variations of it, different experiments, so to speak. Bazillions of various experiments. The demiurges. And 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 one one of the, you know, each of these things tend to combine with one another. Each person's paradigm. Whoop becomes this Venn diagram. So it's like then it's mitosis or something like that. Osmosis, osmosis. Mitosis is when it goes when it splits, I believe. Osmosis. Let's see. Let's look up my myto mitosis. Mitosis, your tosis. Our tosis. Mitosis. Aha. Oh, a type of cell division that results in two daughter cells each having the same number and kind of chromosomes as the parent nucleus, typical of ordinary tissue growth. Mitosis. Let's see, osmosis. 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 A process by which... <laughs> osmosis process. A process by which molecules of a solvent tend to pass through a semi-permeable membrane. I just said membrane. I just said membrane. I just said membrane. From a less concentrated solution into a more concentrated one. <laughs> Thus equalizing the concentrations on each side of the membrane. So membrane, let's imagine, we were talking the, uh, the other day about looking into the mirror. And that mirror, in a sense, is the membrane between the, the different worlds. It becomes a membrane. If we want to believe that, do we want to pretend with that? Do we want to pretend that idea? If so, then we can play with it, and we can really play with that idea. Like we were talking about stepping into the mirror, so to speak. Okay, cool. We're going to hand you the baton. You take, here are these things I'd love to, to, to see happen. Whoop! 
given it to you. Now you, I'm going to trust you go off in there, the man in the mirror. And perhaps that's why it's important to say hello and good, good night each time to the person in the mirror. Deep down into the soul, soul chamber, into the soul chamber orchestra. Welcome to the soul chamber orchestra. I'm going to be your conductor. Uh, what's your name? Don't worry about it. You can call me the conductor. Oh, so you, you don't have like a real name? Nah, dude, of course I got a real name. Maybe I just didn't want to use it. Maybe I just want to be called a conductor tonight. Are you Owen Wilson? Now, I would never admit to that. I would never... I would never admit to being Owen Wilson, okay? Fuck. And there, and there you are, and there you go. There you go. When I met Wes Anderson, when I was hanging out with Wes Anderson, when I was, when I was hanging out with Wes Anderson, I would say, Wes, let's, let's try... Let's try to think of a new idea for a new movie. And then Bill Murray was there. And Bill Murray, Bill Murray, he would say, well, what if we had a gopher? You know, do a call back to Caddyshack. And I thought, that's a wonderful idea. And I said to Wes, I said to Wes, I said, Bill Murray, he is a team player. He's one of those guys that when you got him on, when you got him on your team, you got a quality. Number one, you got yourself a quality product you're putting out there. It's a, it's you're putting out some artistic, uh, something that's very artistic that that the world is going to, they're they're going to gravitate towards it. And then Luke, and then Luke comes along and he says, well, let's make Bottle Rocket too. There's still a story there. And I said, Wes, what are your thoughts? Should we do a Bottle Rocket 2? A sequel? Heck, maybe even a prequel to when we were younger. I could remember, I can imagine Dignan when he's in sixth grade. And he and, and, uh, and uh, Luke's, uh, Luke's character and all those guys, they're coming up with ideas. And the Lawn Wranglers... You know, Mr. Maybe Mr. Henry used to be a teacher of uh, Dignan's. You never know. Perhaps Wes will make it into a stop motion. Wouldn't that be great if we had bottle rocket uh, action figures? That'd be really cool. Thank you, Owen, for stopping by. Hey, no problem. I just had to give my two cents. Okay, see you later, Owen. That was so cool that Owen Wilson stopped by. Well... We're in the middle of talking about osmosis. Huh. Very cool. He tried to disguise his voice. Did you, know, did you notice that? He tried to disguise his voice. He tried to disguise his voice. That's what that man tried to do. That man tried to disguise his voice. Excuse me, sir. Who are you? I own this apartment complex. Oh, you own this apartment complex? Why, yes, I do. How, do, how are you talking... Through my equipment right now. I'm using my Bluetooth speakers. I live four four apartments over from you. Oh, in my what? You in this same apartment complex? 
No, in a day. Four apartments away from you. Four ap apartment complexes? You got that right, bucko. Bullseye. Bullseye. So you're, you're four apartment complexes away from here. What, like a block away? You better believe it. Since I, since I own the apartment complex, I like to peep, uh, listen to what people are saying sometimes. It's kind of like uh, having a shortwave radio of sorts. Oh, okay. So can I get back to, I'm in the middle of my podcast here. Do you mind if... Uh... Oh, don't worry about me. I'll be listening. I'll be in the background listening. Okay. Okay, can you turn off your volume? Are you bitch? All right. So it sounds like he turned his, his volume off. Uh, looks like the ozonated water is once again done. So I'm gonna drink that, and we'll we'll talk we'll talk more later. Another donut. All the more reason why I need to eat another donut. All the more reason why I need to eat another donut. All the more reason why I need to eat another donut. I just came across this article here that there are already robot servers going around. Shanghai. The mind-reading headsets won't read minds. The fire-detecting machine has been declared a safety hazard. The robot waiter can't be trusted with the soup. <laughs> China is ready for the future, even if the future hasn't quite arrived. <laughs> My God, this is incredible. 
wow, man. Robot, I mean, it's incredible. Robot servers. This is great. There's even a there's even a uh, a GoPro camera from its perspective. Interesting. The robots also break down three times during an hour lunch. A waiter had to learn had to lean a robot on its side and take a blowtorch to the undercarriage <laughs> to burn out food and trash caught in its axles. When asked whether he was worried that the robots would take his job, the waiter laughed. Oh my god, this is incredible. This is incredible. Wow. They're using robots more and more and more. Now, all we need to do is take some of those highly advanced robots and send them to the moon. Put them up there on the moon. I'm so surprised we haven't done that yet. Those things walk. Just get those things from some gravity boots. Assuming that we can even get to the moon. Surprising that conversation has not been had more often. Well, if the, the moon is right there, uh, build the, instead of the floating ISIS base, just build the base on the moon. Everyone's talked about this. Build the base on the moon. Use that as the launching pad. Because you're already out of the Earth's orbit. <laughs> You're that much closer to where we want to go, apparently. We're that much closer. Then we can explore the dark side of the moon. Wouldn't that be fun? We could see through the eyes of these robots. That would be great. How about you? Would you have a robot in your house? John Garside from Forgotten Tales, he's got a robot. He found a free robot. While we were making Max Neptune, he was driving down a street. He was trying to get to someone's house. And he passed up the street he was supposed to go, so he turned around in a cul-de-sac, and as he turned around in this cul-de-sac, there he saw out in front of a yard, it was a robot, and it said, free robot, please take me. So John ran over there and had a conversation with the guy, and it turns out the robot was used for corporate functions, at trade shows and such, so people would rent out the robot because um, it was a fun novelty to have there. And John got a hold of it. It's now in his dad's garage. My dream is to get that robot out of there and get it up and moving. I think we could do some amazing stuff, get this thing rocking and rolling. His name is Dennis. Dennis the Robot. is that interesting? The, the, name, the, the robot's name is Dennis. And then John ended up meeting his girlfriend, Mary, and her dad's name is Dennis. How interesting is that? There's a lot going on. A lot going on. Keep that in mind. I think I'm listening to Inspirato Projecto. Once again, you are listening to Man Behind the Machine. 